0: so if you're a high achiever who wants to achieve big goals but doesn't even think it's possible unless you work a gajillion hours or doesn't even think big goals are possible in any way shape or form this podcast is for you i keep it simple you'll learn the neuroscience based cognitive tools i and my clients use daily to work less while achieving more than they ever imagined quick side note you'll run the risk of being passionately in love with your career. Hey, rock stars, how are you? I hope you're all managing your thoughts in that incredible brain. I've been doing some thought work daily around my unthinkable goal I shared with you all last week to create $100,000 by 1231, 2021 in my coaching business. And I know I'm going to have to grow massively as a human being. I know that my belief in myself in 12 months will be ginormously larger than it is today. And it's fascinating being the third party observer and watcher of the primitive puppy side of your brain as he serves up daily doses, y'all, of questioning yourself and lots of self-doubt. So my strategy for dealing with this brain drama is I'm writing down all the obstacles my puppy brain is coming up with as to why this unthinkable goal or any goal you decided to tackle in 2021, by the way, is a terrible idea. And you will probably die if you do said goal. Then I've been writing down strategies for each of the obstacles. This is how you will overcome the obstacle. You will use your prefrontal cortex, a.k.a. your CEO brain, for this part of the exercise. So here are a few examples. Obstacle. You have no idea what to do on this new social media app. Strategy. Write out a year-long social media plan, put it on the calendar, and just show up and listen and share some tools and strategies. Okay, y'all. I just did it last week. That was a yes, I did it. And people found value in what I had to say. I didn't die. The social media app was Clubhouse, by the way. Okay, here's another obstacle. You sit down to work and your brain says, oh, I'm tired, or I just don't know. Remember, this is your primitive puppy brain talking. You and your CEO brain need to expect this resistance and stay working. The feelings of discomfort will pass in 30 to 60 seconds if you allow them to be in your body. Time it. They may come back, but time them again. So the strategy is, for this obstacle, is write your hard why around why you're doing this. Decide it's your responsibility to do this social media, to build this company. Decide it's your responsibility to do this for yourself and the world. And post your hard why in your office where you can see it daily. So when I think of unthinkable goals and badasses and one of the people I admire, I think of Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. And this morning I read that he's on track to being the world's first trillionaire. And now being a trillionaire isn't what makes me think he's a badass or what I care about. What makes me believe Elon is a badass is he wakes up every day and keeps iterating on how to harness energy, store it, and use it to help people be productive and fight climate change. Elon strives daily to make the world a better place. One of his quotes that I love is, if something's important enough, even if the odds are against you, you should still do it. Tesla was nearly bankrupt at several points throughout its 17 year history. At one point, finances were so bad that Elon went to Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, to see if they could strike a deal. And in case you're wondering, Tim didn't take the meeting. Think about that, y'all. 17 years of a lot of failures, but Elon didn't make any of those failures or almost bankruptcies mean anything. He kept iterating. He kept believing in himself and why he's on this planet. And so as you tackle your unthinkable goal in 2021, I want you to remember to tap into your future self who's crushed this goal. It's Friday, December 31st, 2021, or maybe it's five years from today, or it's 10 years from today. And ask her what she recommends you do when your primitive puppy brain throws up all these obstacles and just wants to give up. Just keep going, right? Where would the polar bears in our planet be today if we didn't have Elon? I love those little polar bears. So whatever goal you've identified for yourself, just keep at it. Remember y'all, it's your responsibility to yourself and your goal because you are on this planet to discover your unique desires and talents and to bloom into the most badass version of yourself, for yourself, your loved ones, and the world. So just keep identifying those obstacles and proactively solving them with a strategy. So in today's episode, I want to talk about unconditional love for yourself and all the people in your lives. Now, when I first learned this lesson, I had a lot of resistance and thought like, what the fuck is this person talking about? this makes no sense. What if someone cheated on you or disowned you or your boyfriend or best friend decided to end your relationship? I thought unconditional love required self-sacrifice and was the playground for saints. I grew up like so many of us do with this belief that love is conditional. But today I want to ask you to question that belief. Why can we only feel love if certain conditions are met? Hmm? I already know you have a ton of objections and we'll get to those, but try this right now. I want you to close your eyes and think of someone you love so much that when you think of them, you feel love. Feel that love for 10 seconds right now. Doesn't it feel amazing? I love feeling that feeling. And now I practice it every day, but it definitely wasn't always like that for me. In my family of origin, there were very clear conditions for being loved, and if those conditions weren't met, my parents just cut people out of their lives. My parents got divorced when I was five, and my dad cut my mom out of his life. My dad got married to another woman who he was with for 25 years, then they divorced, and he never spoke to her again. And of course, as a child, we observe this behavior and incorporate it into our worldview. My primitive puppy brain thought, okay, I got it. I have to be good and fit all of these conditions in order to stay safe and be accepted by my family. And for a long time, I just thought to myself that I had strong principles or strong values. And that's why I had to hold myself to these conditions. But y'all, that led to a real shit show for my relationships with my loved ones and my relationship with myself. My sister once cheated on her boyfriend and I was so angry with her. I thought I couldn't love her anymore if she'd broken one of my values. I drink one too many cocktails sometimes and the instant I woke up the next morning, I would tell myself how weak and stupid and embarrassing I was. I had a lot of limiting beliefs about love for other humans and for myself. And I've talked before about how dangerous it is to ascribe worthiness based on accomplishments. For a long time, I would only be nice to myself if I met all the conditions. I had A-plus work for clients. I was not over drinking. I was exercising every day. I was showing up for every friend in a crisis. I was being a perfect daughter. The list was fucking long, which of course meant I was rarely accomplishing it. And I would take that meanness I felt towards myself and redirect it outward. I felt a lot of anger and disappointment and resentment about other people's actions at that point in my life. I feel so much compassion now toward that version of myself because I recognize that I didn't have the tools to get in my power seat, but really the only person I was hurting with all those secret negative thoughts was me. I walked around feeling all that negative emotion daily until I learned about the power of unconditional love for yourself and others. It was such a game changer for me and I think it will be for you as well. So here's the secret we're not taught growing up. Unconditional love is a gift you give to yourself. It's for you. Love feels amazing and makes your life a million times easier. And by using your brain, you can feel it literally any day at any time. So as human beings, we've evolved in groups and love was vital for maintaining these groups and that's why your brain makes love feel so good. It wants you to keep doing it, to preserve it, so that you can be accepted by the tribe. People lived like this for thousands of years back when we were roaming around in nomadic groups, but even to some extent when we became agrarian. Y'all, we are hardwired, all capital letters, to be pack animals. Even if you're introverted, Having those close connections with a few people will still bring security, emotional warmth, and happiness. And especially in these pandemic times, I'm sure that you've noticed the mental health effects of being isolated from people. And you might even find yourself craving that emotional or physical intimacy with other people. And of course, the brain nerd in me has some research for you to kick off this episode. So love can be distilled into three categories, number one, lust, number two, attraction, and number three, attachment. And though there are overlaps and subtleties to each, each type is characterized by its own set of hormones. Isn't that fascinating? Today, I want to talk specifically about unconditional love, which is most directly related to the hormone oxytocin also known as the cuddle hormone. Oxytocin is released by tending and befriending behaviors and activities where you treat yourself well by doing things for yourself that are rewarding, fulfilling, comforting, and involve connecting with others besides your love partner. It's like a massage, a walk with a friend, cooking with a friend, caring for kids or your pets. The list is long. And if you want that list, just DM us on Instagram. We've got a list of a hundred different activities that create the hormone oxytocin. So let's think about this from a thought work perspective. If you have the thought, I love them no matter what, towards your partner, friend, or family, you probably experience love and want to act kindly, be caring and loving toward them. Maybe do things for or with them, Right. And when you think that thought and take those actions, this releases oxytocin in your brain, which chemically y'all makes you feel amazing. If given a choice, I think most of us would choose to feel love towards someone over any other feeling. The paradox here is that we do have that choice, but most of us don't consciously choose to feel love. Instead, we stay in emotional childhood and do what I did feel a lot of disappointment, anger, and frustration when people don't meet our expectations. Y'all, I want you to really hear me on this. We use other people's behavior as an excuse, all capital letters, y'all, to feel shitty. Our brains become addicted to feeling bad, feeling like a victim, feeling like we're better than other people, blah, blah, blah. The list is long. But when you really think about it, this makes zero flipping sense. Our brains are capable of feeling any feeling, but instead we set ourselves up to feel negative feelings. What? It's a little ridiculous when you think about it. So really hear me on this, y'all. Our thoughts cause our feelings and every thought is optional. So every time we feel that we don't like someone, we're choosing to feel that way. And it's a painful choice, unless you're a sociopath, of course. (laughs) But for most of us, it's painful. But we pretend that we have to feel it, that we have no control over it, that their actions dictate our thoughts and feelings. And it's all lies, y'all. It's all lies from your primitive puppy brain. Our thoughts about Others' actions create our feelings. And when we choose negative thoughts, we will then feel negative feelings. So love is a feeling you can choose for yourself at any time. And when you think about it, unconditional love is actually just you choosing to feel amazing, right? Here's a great question to ask yourself anytime you're stuck in a thought loop of feeling upset with someone. Ask yourself. How do I want to feel about this situation? And then ask yourself, do I think I would feel differently if they changed their behavior? If your answer is yes, recognize that you're giving your power away because other humans are going to be other humans. We have no power over whether they change. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Your power is in changing your thoughts, y'all. That's where you always have power. So if you find yourself thinking, well, I'm upset because he didn't take out the garbage for the 99th time, or I don't feel good around him because he didn't ask me about my day again, just notice that your thoughts are what is causing your feelings. Of course, I always say that you can make requests, but don't make your emotional state, i.e. how you feel, dependent on if the request is met or not. That's living an emotional childhood. Let's talk about situations where there's a factual circumstance that you think is causing your negative feelings. Remember, facts could stand up in a court of law. So maybe your partner cheated on you. We could have a video camera and show that they did. Or your father disowned you. We could find the paperwork where you were removed from the will. Those are facts, they go in your fact line. And because you're in your fact line, you get to decide what they mean with your thoughts. You have the option to choose painful thoughts or to choose thoughts that serve you, that are intentional. Now, you might need to stay in your unintentional thoughts and feel that pain and sadness. We don't want to escape our feelings, right? But if I ask you, what's the problem? And you say, I just want to love them. Here's my response. You can love them and there's nothing they can do about it. So, What about marriages and partnerships? I used to have this belief, y'all, that I would find happiness if I found the perfect partner who did everything I wanted the way I wanted when I wanted them, of course. It sounds insane when I say it like that. Obviously, that's not a healthy relationship. But many of us spend our lives searching for that. Now, I know that happiness is an inside job. Thank God. I've learned how to take responsibility for my own happiness by managing my brain, and that is what I would encourage you to do. Of course, you can decide to change partners or get divorced, but don't do it because you think you'll be happier if you're with someone else. Do it because you want to, to have new experiences and grow in new ways. And if you find yourself thinking, well, I don't love my husband or partner anymore because they didn't do A, B, or C, I want to challenge you to remember that love is a choice. Why wouldn't you choose to love them? I think that, quote, falling out of love, unquote, is an excuse. What you're really saying is, I don't want to manage my brain in this relationship. Here's my response, y'all. Don't let your brain Take a nap. Show up for your badass self and your relationship. If you want to leave, but don't leave thinking that facts cause your feelings. Only your thoughts cause your feelings. And I've said this before, but I want to say it again here very clearly. I never condone abuse. If there's emotional or physical abuse happening, then we get to boundary setting, which can involve leaving but boundaries is another topic that I'll be covering in a future episode. Loving unconditionally does not mean unconditionally condoning behavior, and it doesn't mean you don't take action to protect yourself, okay? So about a year ago, one of my bestest friends, who's like a sister to me, decided to take a break from our friendship with no date or timeline or fact that it may resume. I felt tremendous loss and sadness. I allowed these feelings to be with me and process them and spent time with them. And a few weeks after that conversation, I was able to shift to thinking about her and the situation. Instead of feeling hurt or resentful, I practiced feeling how much unconditional love I have for her every day. She's amazing. She's incredible. I love her to pieces. And I know and truly believe we are all doing our best as humans every single day. And guess what happened three weeks ago, 12 months later? She called and we had such a beautiful, loving conversation. It was the best Christmas present ever. And I was so proud of myself for feeling unconditional love for her for 12 months, just from the power of my brain. Before this work, y'all, I would have just stewed in anger and sadness and loss, and it probably would have done irreparable damage to our friendship. Instead, we were able to reconnect with love and honesty and respect. It's like what one of my teachers, Byron Katie, often says, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. I get to love anyone I want no matter what. My best friend can't stop me from loving her just because she decided to end our relationship temporarily or permanently. She can't stop me from feeling love towards her. Only I get to choose that and feel that for myself. One major piece of resistance I hear and that I felt myself is, I don't want to love unconditionally because I'm afraid of getting hurt or being taken advantage of. And this is totally understandable, y'all. Your puppy brain is trying to keep you safe and thinks it's protecting you. But what you're really saying is, quote, I don't want to feel an amazing feeling because then I may end up feeling a negative one in the future at some point. Okay, here's the news flash. Not loving someone does not save you from feeling hurt, y'all. I promise you that you will still feel hurt even if you try not to. Feeling love and feeling pain or hurt are the 50-50 of life. When I realized how amazing unconditional love feels for me, I just wanted to feel it all the time. So I regularly practice thinking about some of the people I love the most on this planet and then feeling that way towards strangers and humanity in general. A few months ago, I started signing emails to my students and followers with I love you. And for a second, I had this thought pop up of, is this appropriate? And then I answered my own brain and said, oh my God, yes, this is true. This is how I feel. I love them so much. If you find it difficult to feel love in a certain scenario, it's okay. Be kind, loving, and compassionate with yourself. No shame and blame, okay? Just ask yourself, what's the problem here? What are you afraid of? What's the worst thing that will happen if you decide to feel love for them unconditionally? Why are you choosing not to love? Remind yourself that love is a feeling that you get to feel. It actually doesn't have anything to do with that other person. All those feel-good hormones of oxytocin are for you. You can feel love privately in your own brain, And the person doesn't need to know. Unconditional love is the ultimate gift to give yourself. So before I sign off, here's your one assignment for this week. Think of someone who's challenging for you to love. Write the reasons why they're hard for you to love and ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen if I decide to feel love towards them? And what's the best thing that can happen if I decide to feel love towards them? All right. That's the show. I'm so proud of you. And I can't wait to hear what you do in 2021. And if you want support in learning how to love unconditionally from me and a badass cohort of women, come join us in the Rockstar program. It's the only place I know of that women show up every day for themselves and each other. And we're going to blow our own damn minds in 2021. Okay, y'all, talk to you next week. I love you. Bye. If you're loving what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come and check out the Rockstar program. It's my coaching program where we take these neuroscience-based cognitive tools and we use them daily to break through burnout so you can fall passionately in love with your career. So join me over at sarahmoody.com. I would love to have you join me. You can also follow me at Sarah L. Moody on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I can't wait to see you.